Paul and Jordana, and DJ, who's on cloud 10 because it's going to snow. <laughs> snow. Right? Loves the snow. Named his kid winner. Loves the snow. Love yeah. it. I have not met anybody. I, don't, I, I know Vanita, our morning host, Vanita Sokar loves snow, and she posts photos. She's mm-hmm. out. She loves to watch hockey, and she's out ice skating. But DJ, I don't think I've ever met anybody who embraces winter the way you do. And good for you. You're living in the right spot. That's right. We all should. What's the point of complaining for six months out of the year? Go find something you love doing in the snow. But maybe that's what you maybe maybe what you love to do is complain. (laughs) Right? It's your God given right. Yeah, then you got bigger problems than that. Well, yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, So it looks like the invasion has begun. Uh, President Putin, Russian President Vladimir Putin, just recognized the independence of two separatist regions in Ukraine, Donetsk and Luhansk. And um, he's basically saying that it's time to move peacekeepers, <laughs> Russian troops, which he calls peacekeepers, into those areas. Um Look, the borders claimed by the Russian-backed leaders of these two breakaway regions in the Ukraine extend beyond the territory Jor they now control, and they spill over into space controlled by the Ukrainian army. So again, this is allowing these separatist leaders who owe their allegiance to Russia to request military help from Russia. And uh, Fox News just reporting the Pentagon is expecting Putin to move into Ukraine tonight in those just recognized independent areas. And by the way, Putin, not sure he's going to stop there. Uh, He declared to the world that um, Ukraine is aiming to build nuclear weapons or, you know, um, host nuclear weapons on its territory, of course, Ukraine, there's no record of Ukraine ever thinking that or saying that. Mm-hmm, but a lot of these trumped up uh, lies that basically. They're lies. That's what they are. They're lies. It's BS. Mm-hmm. And it gives you know, mm-hmm. them the pretext to move their troops in and say That's they're right. peacekeepers. Yeah. In what world are they peacekeepers? Anyway. I, I don't know. And, well, they're not. So I think we all need to just call it like we see it and, and say the truth. They are not peacekeepers. This is just all um, leading up to this invasion. The United Kingdom today announced or said they're going to announce new sanctions tomorrow. But who knows? That might be too late. We could see a violent night. Uh, the UK said uh, this is in response to Russia's breach of international law and attack on Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity. And that is what we're seeing. He is claiming um, that they need to be reined in, that they are claiming themselves as sovereign nations, and they are supposed to be under the rule of Russia. Well, the U- UK has toughened sanctions against the regime um, as of last week and plans to add, this is the UK, plans to add more tomorrow. But Paul, I mean, we could see movement as early as this afternoon because we are having breaking news out of uh, out of Russia and out of Ukraine and our own Jeff McCausland. This is all leading up to Jeff McCausland because this is a very 
fluid situation. It is ever-changing. You just heard the breaking news in our national news, and our CBS military consultant, Jeff McCausland, is going to be joining us. Um, He's on the line. Let's take a break. We're going to ask him a lot of questions, and again, it's an evolving and changing situation, so we're going to try to get you the best, most up-to-date, most truthful uh, responses from Jeff McCausland. He's up next. You know, my uh, 91-year-old dad, Fulker, who you hear on CCO mm-hmm. all the time telling stories and trying to learn the lessons of history, um, he said a lot of things that struck me as interesting. But he said, look, I survived Hitler. I survived Lenin. I survived Stalin. Um, he said, many Americans take their freedom for granted. I will never, ever take my freedom for granted. And right now, people living in Ukraine which wants to be sovereign, they want to determine their own destiny, certainly moving towards NATO. They're not a member of NATO today, but they they want democracy. They want the same things that many of us want, and some of us take for granted. So we have questions. And uh, Jeff McCausland, military analyst for CBS News, does an amazing job breaking this down, providing perspective and uh, we're so happy to have him here. Hey, Jeff, welcome back. Hey, Paul, I got to say at the top, your father's a very wise guy. I heard what you just had to say. You know, you're exactly right. I got a message to give an example from a colleague of mine who's a retired Ukrainian colonel, was assistant, was deputy defense minister to Ukraine for a while. He's in Kiev, and I was calling and contacting him to make sure he and his wife and family were safe. He told me in response that my wife and I are going to stay here, and then he wrote, we're going to live free or we're going to die right here. Oh. And that kind of underscores exactly what you just said. And also, you know, it's a worry when you think about it. I noticed that a couple of years ago, the number of years the Berlin Wall has now been down is more years than it stood. And so if you're an American who's 35 or even 40 years of age, you can hardly remember the Berlin Wall. You can hardly remember the Cold War. You can hardly remember any of those things. But once again, sadly, as your dad pointed out, we're back in that type of a controversy and a crisis. Hey, Jeff, it's Jordana. Thanks for joining us. And it was just listening to, you know, CBS News at the top of the hour. It feels like the situation in Ukraine on the border is is fluid. Can you just sort of update us with the very latest? What is what is happening there? Well, militarily, what we see, Jordana, is frankly, the Russian military forces making more and more preparation for an invasion. Roughly 75% of the forces they have arrayed on the northern border, the eastern border, and the south are what I would call moving into or already in what I would say are attack positions, having moved from marshalling positions. They have about 190,000 troops arrayed uh, around the Ukraine. In the last couple of hours, we've gotten information of more information about loading of amphibious ships. I think there might be an amphibious assault on the southern coast of the Ukraine, as well as loading of airborne forces. And then, of course, Yesterday was the end, or supposed end, of this joint operation with the Belarus, training operation on Belarusian territory. The Russians announced, of course, those forces were going to stay there. And it's only about 100, 150 miles from the border with Belarus to the Ukrainian capital of Kiev. And so if an attack occurs, I think we might expect it coming from the north towards Kiev uh, and in combination with Belarusian forces just to make this situation even a bit worse for the Ukrainians. Mm. Hey, Jeff, uh, Putin just recognized this area, these two separatist areas in Ukraine. He already controls by 
you know, claiming to stop a genocide that is not happening. There's no evidence of any genocide. I, I want to ask you specifically, 190,000 troops on Ukraine's border to recognize supposedly the independence of these separatist republics. But these troops aren't anywhere near the Donbass. Uh, is this going to be the first step at a large-scale Russian military operation to impose regime change? Do they just want those two areas in southeastern Ukraine? Or if they go in, it's going to be a clean sweep and they want to take Ukraine back to Mother Russia? No, I think it's going to be more in the direction of a clean sweep because we have to match up political ends with military resources. The military force arrayed is a, is a, is a resource, but the end state is to ensure that a government emerges in Kiev that is more subservient, obviously, to the Russian Federation. Something like Lukashenko in Belarus, who basically does whatever Mr. Putin tells him to do. So the question is, what military move? Do you take the whole country? Do you just take the capital? Or can you occupy those two provinces, maybe some of the southern portion of Ukraine that would allow you to connect as a land bridge between Russia proper and Crimea? Would that affect the undermining and destruction of the government? But ultimately, it's the destruction of the government in the Ukraine and bringing in a government that's subservient to Moscow, which is the political end state that Vladimir Putin, in the short term at least, is trying to shape. Hmm. Okay. Jeff, where does the U.S. stand right now and what happens if we do see an invasion overnight? Well, as the U.S. stands right now, is of course, it's trying for a diplomatic effort, I think, and there's supposed to be a scheduled meeting on Thursday between Secretary of State Blinken and Foreign Minister Lavrov somewhere in Europe. This announcement that was just made about the recognition of these two uh, statelets, if you want to call them that, uh, may compromise the possibility of that even happening. And then secondarily, of course, last night, there was word that President Macron of France had set up at least tentatively a potential summit meeting between Mr. Biden and Putin to discuss the crisis. The White House said they would support that, but only if the Russians did not invade. Well, now things seem to be moving very rapidly towards the military option for the Russians. So I think the possibility of that as a diplomatic avenue is also closing rapidly. Jeff, let me ask you a question that I've gotten from a couple of people who should know better but they, they basically look at what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, and they shrug, and they say, hey, I'm just trying to get through the week. You know, I'm just trying to get, through, you know, keep my job, keep my kids out of jail. Um, why should I care about what's happening in Ukraine? How would you answer that question based on what you know right now? I'd go back to your dad, frankly, Paul, and I'd say, do you recall back in 1938, then Prime Minister of Great Britain's, uh, Neville Chamberlain went to Munich and met with uh, Adolf Hitler. And Hitler yeah. claimed, well, I need these particular portions of the Ch of Czechoslovakia because there are ethnic Germans that are living there. In fact, my wife's parents were living there as children at the time, coincidentally enough. Uh, I mean, if I get that particular part, I'll be satisfied and we'll all live in peace forever. Chamberlain returns to London, gives an impassioned speech about peace, you know, peace in our time. Uh, and we know the sad, the sad result of that. Yeah. So anybody that thinks for a minute that Vladimir Putin would be satisfied with this particular part of the Ukraine or bringing the Ukraine in general back under his control has never has never examined any of those historical examples which were being played out here. Ultimately, Putin has the following goals. One is to undermine the United States leadership and the, the legitimate uh, liberal democracies as we know them in general. Number two is to drive fissures between the United States 
and its NATO partners and basically destroy NATO. And number three, exercise full control over these countries in Eastern Europe that comprise the Soviet Union. Maybe not uh, not recreate the map of the Soviet Union, but at least control those places. This all began in 2004 when he said the end of the Soviet Union was the greatest catastrophe of the 20th century. I actually thought World War I and World War II were kind of bad. And he has been following a steady strategy to accomplish those goals ever since. So, Jeff, this is a, a big bet uh, on Putin's part. If, in fact, he does go into Ukraine, I, I hope he's not stupid enough to uh, tamper with NATO states that were former, former Soviet states like Romania and, and Bulgaria and Poland. I, you know, people ask, well, where is it going to lead? Is it a slippery slope? But it's a big bet on the part of Vladimir Putin, and it could bring him down if he fails. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. You know, people talk about these things as chess games. I can tell you, having done this in the White House and the Pentagon, no, this is this is a poker game, five-card draw, and he's just pushed all his chips to the center of the table. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on here. <clears throat> as far as how far he goes, well, the administration has been pretty clear that we're going to defend every inch of NATO and put NATO forces in those particular countries that border the Russian Federation. So he clearly understands that crossing any territory that belongs to NATO would incur an immediate response by the United States and its NATO partners, and then this whole thing could escalate anywhere, uh, even up to central nuclear exchange, which I'm pretty confident he doesn't want to get into. But the other question is, your point, can he be successful? And I think his problem is going to be, while he may have enough troops, 190,000 or whatever the number is, to defeat the Ukrainian military, I don't think he's got enough troops, back to my friend in Kiev, to occupy the Ukraine, who are going to fight, or a much better army than they were in 2014. And there are 40 million Ukrainians, and it's the size of Texas. You know, the Russians went through an anniversary a couple weeks ago, which was the anniversary of their withdrawal from Afghanistan. In their 10 years in Afghanistan, they suffered 25,000 killed in action far more than the United States suffered over 20 years. They understand what fighting and insurgency is all about, and that's what they might be taking on if they decide to occupy the entirety of the Ukraine. And there have been some rumblings in, the, in, the, in Russia uh, among senior retired officers I've seen on websites saying that this is crazy, our problems are domestic, and as you suggest, that Putin might actually bring himself down uh, in the process. Wow. Okay. And Jeff, forgive my naivete, but it seems that we are, I know we talked diplomacy, but that doesn't seem to be working. Is the U.S. eventually going to get wrapped up in this militarily? Well, you know, diplomacy is like dancing. It takes two to tango. And while we might want to do diplomacy all we want to, if our opponent does not, yesterday Mr. Putin said a summit, and then today he recognizes he's two statelets. doesn't suggest to me that he's interested, and he continues to expand his military forces. Will the United States get involved militarily? Well, first of all, the president said no U.S. military forces are physically going to go on the Ukraine and defend Ukrainian territory and confront Russian troops. That's been taken off the table from the very beginning. That being said, economic sanctions will be administered in the harshest possible way. We'll see Russia denounced, I think, in every political forum you can think of on the planet, and Mr. Putin becoming a pariah. And then thirdly, We'll see more and more U.S. and NATO forces being deployed to Eastern Europe, particularly the countries that border the Russian Federation, which is what makes this whole thing kind of crazy. 
if Putin argues, as he has, that his concern is NATO forces on the borders of the Russian Federation, that might be to some form a legitimate security discussion. <clears throat> By invading the Ukraine, the result for him is he's going to get more doggone U.S. and NATO forces on his border than he ever imagined. And if nothing else, I mean, the cost, if, if he moves in tonight or whenever, if Russian forces move in, gas is going to spike, right? I mean, that's a practical short-term outcome uh, worldwide. We're going to be paying more for a lot of things, including energy, correct? Well, absolutely correct. I mean, the Russian Federation, I think, pumps about 10 million barrels a day on the world market and is the second or third largest oil and natural gas producer. So there's no doubt about it. When that happens, you're going to see oil prices spike, I would say $110, $120 a barrel, which you're going to see translate very quickly to prices at the pump. Frankly, we're going to see the stock market will probably suffer because stock markets do not like instability. That's just the nature of the beast. And then the other question is, if we get into some kind of escalation with the Russians, does that then transfer into other domains? Don't forget, this war will not only be fought in air, land, and sea, it'll be fought in cyber, and it could be fought in space in terms of blinding satellites, perhaps cyber attacks on the United States. I'm not predicting those will happen by any means. I don't want anyone to worry about it unnecessarily, but should we escalate, those are the domains in which we might see escalation by the Russians. Okay. Terrifying Whoa. and educational, Jeff. We we appreciate you so much. Thank you for breaking this down for us. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. My pleasure. Take care. Best wishes. It is terrifying. And it's, I mean, I don't want to be a naysayer, but it seems inevitable. Putin is not packing down and he's making things worse. And I just don't see how we get out of that. He's still upset that the Soviet, that we won the Cold War, right? There is no Soviet no. Union. And um, he was in his formative years as a KGB spy mm-hmm. rising up and, and experienced that. And for many, mm-hmm. the shame of the Soviet Union crumbling and all that's really left is Russia. And so that's kind of, I think, one of perhaps many incentives trying to get that glory back. Um, but what does he understand? Uh, power. Yeah. Money and power. And, and it doesn't matter why. It just matters that it's happening and how we can help. Unfortunately, the America is often the, the policeman of the world, and they will certainly get wrapped up into this one as well. It's, it's frightening. Um, well, speaking of being the police of the world, our presidents, our presidents have often been um, leaders in diplomacy, leaders in winning wars. Our President's Day quiz, that's up next. Boy, can I just concede right Uh-oh. now can i just concede no. defeat no it would just it would save 10 minutes of anguish and tears and gnashing of teeth <laughs> how well do you know your presidents is the question uh, yeah <laughs> we're about to find out are you out. mad about this it's president's day we'll no, learn I'm not something mad. i'm even, just i'm scared even if we fail epically dj will at least um will learn something from the quiz DJ's written us a, a President's Day quiz. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, you guys you guys ready to go? Probably We're ready not. to go. Okay, yeah. great. Who wants to start? I'll start. Okay. Jordana, which of these, this is, again, a, a, a President's quiz here on President's Day, which is not actually Uh-oh. called President's Day. We learned that earlier. But anyway, we mm-hmm. call it President's Day anyway. Uh, which of these presidents, Jordana, is not on Mount Rushmore? Thomas oh, Jefferson. Okay. Theodore Roosevelt or John Adams. One of those John is, Adams is not, not actually. I don't think wow. John Adams is. That's correct. 
Good job, Jordana. Okay, wow. No problem. I don't have my dinner. And I haven't been yet. I haven't been. I really want to go see Mount hey, Rushmore. That I know it's a schlep to get there, but I'm dying to go. I read today, and it's worth seeing, at least once. Hmm. You have to see it. But the original, the creator of Mount Rushmore, the sculptor, it was supposed to be full length, down to their waist, mm-hmm. not oh. just their heads. It was supposed so to go down to their belts, but because of budget cuts... They could only do the, the heads. Stop it. No, Is that it's true? true. Yes. It's true. Yes. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. That's you can hilarious. see under their heads, there's a little bit of like their vests or yes, their you know, exactly. shoulders that was started, but then they gave up. <laughs> oh, Ron. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. Budget cuts. All right, Paul, here we go. We learned a little bit earlier today about President's Day and the date that it's on. You know, now we always celebrate on a Monday, but initially it was always celebrated on the same day every year. Was it celebrated on February the 22nd or February the 15th or February the 12th? I always thought it was the 12th, but I don't know. Well, no. is, that, is that what you're going with or no? Could have been the 15th. <laughs> Because it's really close to. You're the just 12. trying to fish for. I'm not going to help you. But the, pick, the, the, pick an answer. These these questions. I mean, it's. I'll go with the twelfth, but I don't know. No, yeah, the see, the twelfth is Lincoln's birthday, but originally it was celebrated on the twenty second, which is Washington's oh. birthday. Oh, I thought today was Washington's birthday. Oh, it is. Well, that's well, that's what we're celebrating. But we're his actual no, birthday is the twenty first, though, isn't it? Yes, yes. his actual birthday is tomorrow. But we always celebrate it on the it's the Monday on the Monday. Look, that's all I have. Use the rewind feature. Listen to Ken Davis at three twenty. <laughs> well, he explained it better than I did. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you, David. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jor- Jordana Green, you're already ahead, one to zero. Already sucking. Yes. Um, three presidents all died on the same day. Can you believe that? Oh. James Monroe, Thomas Jefferson, and John Adams all day, died on the same day of the calendar, not the okay. same actual day, but the same day of the calendar. Okay. Can, I, did, can I answer did that? Did they all die on President's Day or the 4th of July or Cinco de Mayo? Can I answer that? No. No, it's not. Uh, do you know it's, the answer? It's, it's yeah. Jordan. This one I know. I, I'm going to say it was the 4th of July. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Those all three that is presidents so bizarre. died on the 4th of July. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That is such a bizarre, weird thing. <laughs> I should Isn't have that gone weird? First. I should have gone first. <laughs> you had the choice. <laughs> you did. Got it. Uh, all right, Paul, you're down two to zero. Yeah. Uh, it's not looking good for you. I know. Did you know, <laughs> though, that Teddy Roosevelt Are you gonna was... Give me, what, what time was, was uh, Ulysses Grant... Uh, <laughs> born on a Tuesday at yeah. 613 or 615? Yeah. No, 6 I'm just 15. No, Teddy, apparently he was blind, or at least mostly blind, in one eye due to an injury. Did Teddy he Roosevelt? sustain? Yes. I can't believe you didn't know that. But was that injury sustained from a duel or a boxing match or a hunting accident? I actually know this. Jordana knows this? I, wow. I thought okay. it was a hunting accident. He was a big hunter. I know that. He was a big hunter. It was a boxing match. <sighs> That's right. You know, wow. the only reason I know that, do you remember, um, David, and maybe you don't, John Williams used to do like an yes. evening with Teddy Roosevelt yes, and his friend Clay Jenkins used to dress up as Roosevelt. He also did Thomas Jefferson and um, and he, I learned a lot of stuff on mm-hmm. those <laughs> evenings with Thomas <laughs> Jefferson and Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> wow. Um, I guess it's like such useless information because it came in handy during this quiz. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Maybe Paul should have paid more attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, all right, where are we at? Jordana, your turn again. Yes, it is. Uh, okay, so fail. A, a number of our presidents have been uh, assassinated or had attempted sass- assassinations. Mm-hmm. And one of our presidents, after he was shot, famously said, quote, I forgot to duck. Was that Ronald Reagan or John F. Kennedy or Abraham Lincoln? Um who exclaimed, I forgot well, to duck. After- I mean, I guess the one who survived, so Ronald Reagan, yeah. I guess. You give her that be- question? <laughs> I guess it would be The other be two Reagan. were killed instantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you got to know. You got to know. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the one who lived, so I'm going to go with Reagan. Really? Reagan said that? Because that was such a, I yeah. remember that. He I mean, didn't even know he was a shot. tragic day. Yeah. But that he- was so tragic. Mm-hmm. And then thought- Bill Brady was shot. It was, it was yeah. awful. He didn't know until minutes but, after yeah. that he had been hit, apparently, in the limo. Really? Um, oh. Yeah. That was tragic. Okay, three to uh, nothing. Okay, We're anyway. done yeah, here. Sorry. Paul, you want oh, one more? One more? No, not really. <laughs> what, what time was Abraham Lincoln inaugurated? <laughs> what time was the Gettysburg Address issued? <laughs> God. All right. All right, go ahead. Give him another one. Okay, sounds good. Just so he can go over three? Okay. Martin Van Bureau was our only president who had English as a second language. His first language oh. was A, Dutch, B, Spanish, C, Russian. I'm going to go with Dutch. Van Van Buren. Oh, I get There nice. you go. Look, you got one. Nice. After it didn't matter. I did not yeah. know that. <laughs> Fascinating. Do I get the parting gifts? Every other president had English as a first language. But. Pat Sajak, do I get the parting gifts? That, no, I don't even get no, those. There's no I? gifts. Okay. All right. Interesting. Well, I learned stuff. I learned stuff today. Good job, At guys. my expense, but uh, hopefully <laughs> that's listeners, okay. listeners right? have that's learned. That's how we always learn stuff. Good job, David. We learned something. I mean, I crushed it. I killed you. Yes, but, you yeah. did. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk to Maxie. Cat wins a three-point contest at the NBA All-Star Weekend. We'll talk sports next. Here to talk sports, along with the occasional rant about traffic and other stuff, it's Mike Max, now joining Paul and Jordana. That that may have been my best weather cast ever. It's a short yeah, reel. For sure. But, uh, the commentary. Mike Max's sports brought to you by the John Schuster Group, Caldwell Banker Real Estate. And we're not going to dwell on the Olympics. That's ancient history. Two things come to mind first, though, Max. I just want to mention this. Interesting to me that Vladimir Putin waited the day after the Olympics ended, after he met with the uh, premier of China before the Olympics. And, you know, they had a chat. I just wonder if he said, you know, I'll I'll wait to do this until... After the Olympics, so it doesn't in any way negatively affect the uh, the Winter Games in oh. Beijing. Oh, That's thought number oh, one. A big heart he has, huh? huh. Right. Oh, yeah. Generous. Yeah. Very nice. Very considerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, viewership, the over-the-air live television down forty yeah. percent from the last Winter Olympics mm-hmm. in in Seoul, but sixty percent more minutes spent streaming. Seems like streaming may be the future for some of these big ticket events and getting a return on investment huh yeah i, I mean when you go out way out there you, you you just wonder uh as our kids use different devices to access and grow up with it you know i mean what, what's going to be the value of having a stick as they say a stick being a place where you mm-hmm. transmit from yeah. um because is it really going to matter if you have you know 
uh, if CNN or MSNBC or whoever it is have, have headquarters somewhere and this is where they transmit from because it looks like it, it's just going to be a la carte and go to wherever, you know, where, yep. to your right. phone mainly or wherever you want to put it on your big screen, your computer screen, whatever it is. And and I'm not so sure that there's, uh, you know, there's going to be great value in having a, you know, you know I, I guess everybody will keep it just like the newspaper, remote control, whatever. Uh, but people have figured out how to get what they want when they want. Yeah. Exactly. And, 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 uh, and so, you know, ratings, all those things are going by the wayside in the TV game that mm-hmm. we play because there's just so many different, uh, you know, we got CBSN news now on, uh, WCCO TV and, and, and it replays the news and does all, you know, it does a bunch of different things. And, and, uh, and so people can watch anywhere, anytime on their phone. And, you know, the, so, so you don't need to lock into the, the five, six, and ten, you know, traditionally as we used to know. And, you know, to an extent, radio, podcast, or, you know, you, you watch, mm-hmm. you listen to what you want to listen to when you want to listen to it. So, uh, the Olympics is a great, though. Uh, that's a great barometer of that, I think, Paul. To your to your point that yeah. uh, you know the, the changing ways, and it doesn't mean that there there won't be lots of jobs for people in content. It's just that it will be delivered differently. The only predictable thing, Maxie, is change. Yep, and yeah, right. it's a brave new world. You're right. Yep, and you got to go with it. You got to you know yeah, you if they want it on demand, it. I get it. I want it on demand. Yeah. Yeah, I always said, you know, so, if you want to get into this, I was speaking on, on uh, Saturday at the University of St. Thomas to uh, uh, a guy that runs a class there for inner city kids, and, and they meet once a week, high school kids, that 360 journalism it's called. So it's about, you know, it's about all nice. the different avenues of journalism. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and my takeaway always is just be good. You know, don't worry what avenue mm. you're going to show up on, right? Don't worry mm-hmm. if it's uh, if you have your own radio show or you have your own newspaper column or you have you know, you're on TV. Just be really good, and and then you know the the, the vehicles are going to change. But j- yeah. if you want to do this, you're going to get to do it. It's just you know don't necessarily lock into you know what we see right now. Stay flexible. Yeah, that's great advice. Good advice. Yeah, I'm going to have to hear one of those speeches, Maxie. Yeah. <laughs> Can yeah, I ask like questions? It. it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I stream it. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So wait, oh wait, I know we're supposed to talk sports, but you this was a college class you were talking to? Well, it's a what it is is there's a, there's a guy that left WCCO TV to teach it and, and it's a it's at the University of St. Thomas, but it's for oh. high school oh. kids that want to get involved uh-huh. in journalism. So in essence, St. Thomas provides it for them and, and what it really does is it provides an avenue for the University of St. Thomas uh, to showcase mm-hmm. their campus in this case and their journalism sure. program so that mm-hmm. these kids may want to, you know, streamline right into the University of St. Thomas. That that's the upside for them, but mm-hmm. But it's for high school kids. Interesting. What was your impression of the kids? Did they? Did they really? Oh, we're, we're too late. I, I want to have man. this conversation. Inner, inner with city you. kids. I just love talking to them about. Hey, don't mm-hmm. sell yourself short. There's lots of stuff out mm-hmm. there that you can do, and, and yeah. be brave and be bold and go out there and do it because mm. it's just sitting there waiting for you. Well said. Thanks, Maxie. Thanks, guys. Maxie. Thanks. We'll be buddy. watching. We'll be right back. The news is next.